0: Welcome back to episode 6 of the Run It Three Ways podcast, currently ranked 3rd for running podcasts in the UK. Not quite sure how the algorithm works, but we're not questioning it. If you happen to be new, welcome to the weekly shenanigans. This week's episode should be a little bit more peaceful than the normal, as Callum is away on a romantic getaway with Alice and his flapjacks in Prague. So Tom, it's just you and me tonight. How are we doing? Oh, Just me and you, Ben.
1: Yeah, I'm all good. Like you say, without Callum, there should be uh, significantly less profanity um but we do miss him dearly don't we yeah. we might hear from
0: him later in the show though might we but we're not
1: too sure yeah he might send us in a little uh a little voice note from a pub in prague but um yeah we're we're yet to hear that so if you see it it will it will pop up before our weeks probably quite abruptly so yeah we'll see won't we
0: should we jump straight into it tonight then
1: we might as well mightn't we we might as well Last week, we're recording this on a Monday for context. Um, and last week feels like a lifetime ago, to be honest. So I'm going to have to wrap my brains a little bit and try and remember what happened. But it was a pretty busy week, to be honest. Um, lots lots going on. So started off very, very early on Monday morning. Um, 5.34 a.m. I was out for this run. Jeez. Yeah. Um, basically, the, the Pro Direct head offices surprises people when they hear this but they're they're based in devon in newton abbott um which is a mission pretty much anywhere you live in the country it's a mission to get to um but for me it's about two and a half hours on the train um and we had like a a team running like team building day because we're all there's so many of us that are remote workers um yeah so every couple of months every few months or so we all get together in the office we have an office day have some meetings and all that stuff and then go out for dinner afterwards for a bit of a social. Um, so anyway, all that meant is I had to be on a train before seven o'clock in the morning, which meant the only way I was going to get my run in is if I got up at silly o'clock. Um, so 5 a.m. wake up wasn't particularly pretty, um, but just over, uh, just over 8K, so five miles at 4.46 per K. Uh, very early, very cold and very windy. Is what I've labelled this on um, on Strava, and it was all of those things. But do you know what? I actually I don't mind a hideously early start. Once you're up, once you're out, it's yeah. it's so much peaceful. Like you don't get caught up in the school run at like half seven, eight in the morning because you're out before the the kids. Um, you know, you're not in rush hour, so the traffic's quite minimal. So I don't think I'd be able to do it every day, but for a kind of one off or once in a blue moon it's actually quite pleasant getting out that early in the morning so yeah quite enjoyed that
0: yeah that's definitely some commitment especially well, for 5 miles but you know it's got to be done
1: <laughs> <laughs> well exactly it's, it's one of those where we're in the office all day and then went straight from the office to dinner and there was just there was no window throughout the day to get the run done apart from in the morning so um it had to get done really just to keep keep momentum going and that's where I am at the moment. I need to keep need to just keep ticking over and need to make those <laughs> make those little sacrifices to um to keep the ball rolling, really. Definitely. Yeah. Um so yeah, that was a good day. And then Tuesday, slightly less early, uh, 7.09, this one, um, I had a 10k progression on the cards. And normally when I stay, so I stayed overnight in Devon for this. Um and normally when I stay over there, it's like spring or summer and there's, there's so many nice places to run. You've got lovely little woodland trails, you've got all of the hills and the moors and all that jazz. But because it's pitch black at this time and it was freezing cold and icy, I really didn't have many options. So um, my, uh, my friend Ben from, from work recommended the Brunel Industrial Estate in Newton Abbott. And I've got to say... Lovely little loop. Yeah. I've, I've, honestly, it's probably the best loop for like doing sessions i've ever seen in my life it is it is perfect so you can do there's a few variations right you can do a mile which is the loop that i did or you can extend it and it comes to about 3k and it's dead flat really nice road surfaces nice and wide um and pretty quiet at that time in the morning so yeah i think runners (sighs) do you reckon we're the only Breed of human who can get excited about an industrial estate?
0: No, I think even though I, I went on a podcast recently with um Alfie from Trackstar and I was describing oh, yeah. to him my. He was like, Yeah, he was getting excited about it. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so I don't know what it is about a lovely little industrial estate. I know the FOD runner as well on YouTube. He loves to ride around industrial estates. Oh, so yeah. I, I think, yeah, that's just a trait of being a runner. You love a little flat loop, especially if you've got some speed work. To Access right. to a track or something, then yeah, industrial estates will um will suffice.
1: Yeah, it, it was special. Um, the other exciting thing about this run was uh, the shoes that I was wearing. So <clears throat> I'm technically not allowed to say that much about them, I don't think. But uh, the Hoka Clifton Nine, which
0: oh yeah, I remember you I telling wouldn't... me in the week actually.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't normally be that excited about the Clifton um, or any shoe from Hoka for that matter, to be perfectly honest, but. They were, no. yeah, they, they were sensational. They were, they're, a lot, they're a lot lighter, or they feel a lot lighter on foot than previous versions of the Clifton that I've, that I've worn. Um, and I loved them from start to finish. So the run itself, uh, 10K progression, um, started off fairly easy at about 4.30. And pretty quickly, by about 5K in, I was running low 350s and then finished at 330s. And this was, again, watch-covered running to feel. And it's, I think, let me double-check, yeah, it's it's a perfect progression run. Every k slightly quicker than the last, totally by feel. How about that? realise that.
0: Interesting um, that you picked the Cliftons for a progression workout. Yeah, just a case of you you had access to them being down in Devon, or
1: yeah, definitely, definitely. So um, I was filming. The reason I stayed overnight on the Monday is I had a day of filming in the the like studio area at the office on on the Tuesday. Um, so just rattling through a few like wear tests and, and that kind of thing. And one of those was for the Clifton and I hadn't mm. worn it yet. And one thing I hate, I really hate doing is, um, like shoe related content on the pro direct YouTube channel when I've not actually worn the shoe. Cause then it's just like a first look and no one, no yeah. one really cares. Like people don't really care about knowing the stats cause you can just Google them, right? You want to know someone's impression of how the shoe fits, how it feels and all that kind of stuff. So I really wanted to wear them before doing this run. Um, and this was the only opportunity to do that. And yeah, you're right. I wasn't expecting much from them at all, but they felt fantastic. Like from start to finish. Uh, so yeah, very ple- pleasantly surprised by those. Um, and I think they're out middle of next month. Um, yeah, middle of the next month, I think. So middle of Feb, you can get older. Interesting them stuff. um, but yeah, so came out as 10k, uh, 357 average overall, and it was yeah, it was freezing. So it feels like minus five for this one, and it was a little bit windy too. But we um, we soldier on, don't we, Ben?
0: Oh, mine horrible. Did you take your jacket yeah.
1: off this week, or did you keep your no, keep no, your no sore no, jacket no. on? No jacket, gloves, tights. On. Yeah, socks tucked in. Or uh, well, tights tucked into the socks.
0: On this loop here, you seem to have gone off on a little bit of a tangent. But... <laughs> At one corner. What what happened there?
1: Yeah, I went wrong. Um, I... You forgot to <laughs> so turn first... left or right. Yeah, the first time I, I went on this loop, um, I thought if I kept running straight, it would do like the bigger 3K loop. But yeah. to do that, you've actually got to go, I think you've got to go the other way. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I had to <laughs> sort of do a little hook, a little turnaround. Um, but don't worry, I got it nailed after that and it was smooth sailing from there on. Um,
0: good, good. So I like to hear. Yeah. 34 for the 10k as well.
1: Lovely. Solid. And then, yeah, just four by 100 meter strides afterwards, followed by a little jog back to the hotel. Um, What hotel did you
0: stay at? Nice hotel. uh,
1: It's just a Premier Inn, Ben. Classic. Yeah. Do you know what? I don't mind a Premier Inn. You know what you're getting. I rarely have issues with a Premier Inn. Yeah. Just reliable, isn't it? Nice purple decor. Nice and consistent um didn't see Lenny Henry I didn't no I didn't see Lenny that would have been a bit yeah that would have been slightly terrifying to be honest if he's just rocked up in your bed and Lenny Henry's there um I'm sure he's a very cuddly man though he looks nice and cuddly doesn't he he does indeed yeah um this got weird for a minute anyway so the, the, the most exciting part about Tuesday which wasn't the run is the fact that I had my first McDonald's in about 10 years wow um yeah so ten for years context, yeah we have you been doing honestly so well, because i'm I'm vegan right, plant-based yeah. whatever you want to call it, um, and I've been for about ten years, and i don't I don't waffle on about it or really talk about it much at all anymore, um because it's just just the way way I am, I suppose now, I don't really think much of it, but uh <laughs> I said I'll give her a shout out. Rachel Lewis, the paid social manager at ProDirect she was like on our lunch break shall we go and get a McPlant, plant which is like the vegan <laughs> mcdonald's burger right and i yeah. absolutely leapt at the opportunity so mcdonald's drive through my first ever mcdonald's drive through experience as well which was quite exciting um and i had a i had a McPlant plant and a sprite for my lunch which was lovely delightful. how was it yeah it was good yeah i mean you know i think you've got a rate Food from places like McDonald's differently to how you'd rate a slap-up meal in a restaurant, right? But for yeah, for sure, like a quick fast food type burger, what, eight eight out of ten, I'd give it. It's pretty solid. So um, yeah. So if anyone's out there, and, uh, yeah, definitely. If you if you normally get like a double cheeseburger or a big mac meal or something, give the McPlant a go and see what you think. I'll genuinely be curious. Um, yeah, do it. you do it actually, Ben? As well, get yourself a McPlant. I'll tell you what.
0: I'll I'll get a at and let you know. Please do, goes. please do. Expensive. I feel like all um, vegan food seems to be overpriced at fast. I
1: actually I actually don't know. I can't remember how much it was. Um, but I don't think it was extortionate. Car. Yeah, you're signed with Pro Direct now, aren't you? So you know.
0: <laughs> Have indeed. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's the big news of Tuesday. of the day.
1: Yeah, let, let's get to that a little bit later, shall we? Um, let's do that. But anyway, that, that was Tuesday, so. Wednesday morning, um, nice little session day. Actually, Wednesday lunchtime because I was a bit tired, so I went out at lunchtime for this one. A um, couple of K plus drills and strides, the usual to the to the house and estate loop. And yeah. then I had a really nice session that I've not done before, I don't think. It's a little bit of you, actually, this, Ben. Eight by three minutes. Yeah, sorry little, a little threshold session. Um, no, I didn't double up in the evening, unfortunately. sorry to um Sorry to let you down on that one.
0: One day. Yeah, yeah. Andy, day, if, you're soon, if you're listening, to Andy, let him do a double threshold.
1: Yeah, come on, give me, give me some double thresholds, Andy. Um. Anyway, yeah. So eight by three minutes off sixty seconds. Um. Sixty seconds isn't really that that long. Um. Recovery wise, no. Like, oftentimes, I'll get ninety minutes, maybe three minutes between sets, that kind of thing. Um. So it was quite nice seconds. to change. Yeah.
0: One minutes, of a long like recovery, recovery.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sit
0: down, have a cup of, maybe yeah, a bit of toast.
1: look at the elapsed time and it's taken five hours to do a five k um but no, yeah, so eight by three minutes of sixty seconds um no set pace prescribed to this uh, but it was basically ten k ish feel um so for the three minutes, I went three twenty seven. 23, 24, 19, 23, 23, 18, 17. Um, and
0: it's not far felt- off what sort of paces I'd be hitting for that sort of workout, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's different though, isn't it? Because what you're doing that and feeling, uh, like you said last week when you did your, your treadmill session in the morning, I think you did a very similar, very similar session and, and it was very comfortable, right? And then you doubled it up in the evening with like a bigger, an even bigger session. Um yeah. and faster reps and, and all that. So yeah, I, I guess it's different in, in that regard, but this felt like sensational, to be honest. Um and I know I'm I'm feeling good in a session when like the jogs are just naturally a bit quicker. So I think mm. I was doing these 60 second recoveries at like 420s at, at one point without really noticing. Um and yeah, just rolling into the next rep feeling pretty good, feeling quite fresh. Um so yeah, I was I was happy with that to be honest. Really happy with it. We had a bit of sunshine for the first time in a while, which perked me up a little bit. And I strapped on the um, the trusty uh, Next Percent Twos for this. Which again, with all the other super shoes that have been released over the last year or so, i have not actually worn the Vaporfly much at all. Um, mm. So it was really nice to get those back on and um, have a little session in them. A cracking
0: so, yeah, cracking shoe
1: with with this workout. Um, doing it by
0: minutes instead of so for example if if it was 8 by k how you find it but i really prefer doing doing stuff to minutes because i just completely forget about like pace on the watch in terms of doing the session and and not having to worry about splits too much and you can just go more to effort do you do you find that as well
1: yeah i i i totally agree to be honest i used to hate i suppose it's a weird one because i hate mileage runs to minutes so mm. i'd much rather be set uh 15 miles than 90 minutes for example. Um I don't know why uh it is, but I just I don't like running easy runs to time. I prefer doing those to distance, so five miles instead of yeah. 35 minutes or whatever.
0: But yeah, so you don't have to constantly keep looking at the time yeah, on your run.
1: Yeah, but in sessions, um I it, yeah it's it's probably the opposite. Like I love I love this session. Um mm. and I love doing like minute on, minute off, that kind of thing. Um I think I started doing that
0: about a year ago, just sort of like trying to get rid of kilometres and 400s and miles Mm. and all that sort of stuff and just try and do stuff to minutes. And because I do a lot of threshold stuff, I think, for me, I try and hit around 30 minutes of threshold work in the morning and 30 minutes in the evening. So yeah, taking away those sort of distances just really helps me dial into an effort rather than trying to hit prescribed paces. Um, I just find it a lot more enjoyable. So, yeah, Yeah. maybe a tip for the week.
1: Yeah, I think as well, when you lap your watch, I, I don't know how you've got your data screen set up, but when I lap my watch on on Polar for this, mm. like three minutes, all it pops up is three minutes. Like, yeah, I'll have yeah. a look at my watch whilst I'm running the rep, but it doesn't come up with like three ten per kilometre or whatever. It's just, oh, you've done your three minutes, now you do your jog and then you do it again. There's yeah, exactly. so I don't know exactly what I've run until after the session, which means, again, it's just a lot easier to base it off feel because you're not chasing splits, you're not running... Two time you're not speeding up at the end of a rep because you need to run under 320 or whatever it may be you're just mm. running what feels good um so yeah enjoyed that a lot and then that brings us on to thursday which again traditional rest day at the moment hopefully that's going to change soon and i'll start he'll, andy will start sneaking in like easy 30 minutes or rest or yeah. easy five miles or rest like that's what he, he used to do before mm-hmm. but still being a little bit cautious i think um and then it's so a friday uh 5 miles again 426 pace for this um which wasn't wasn't the intention like i wasn't you uh, know wasn't supposed to run that fast but it was meant to just be an easy five which probably be 440 to 450 something like that on, yeah. on a normal day but ben i had the clifton 9s on again oh, and no. uh, <laughs> i don't know what it is about this shoe but it's i don't know it just feels good to get rolling in it um and again, this was watch covered like under jacket. It was far, far, far too cold for anything else. And yeah, I, I didn't look at my watch at all throughout the entire run. It was just, it felt easy. Like if I got back and it said 4.40 on the watch, I'd have thought it was about right. Mm. Um, that's yeah. always
0: a good sign of fitness, I find. When your easy days, you seem to go a little bit quicker. Even if it's like five to 10 seconds per kilometer quicker than you thought you were running, I think that's always a good sign that you're, you're coming into some fitness. So. Well, maybe yeah. it's just a Clifton Nine. Who knows?
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe they've just done something magical with the shoe, but just no, put I zoom X in it or something like that. <laughs> oh, I think there might be a lawsuit on their hands if they did that. But yeah, it's it, yeah, it's a weird one. But it, I agree, it's nice when you're when you feel like you can just get rolling any day of the week, and it feels good. Like it's it's always a good sign, mm. um, as long as you don't take the piss and like push it too hard for the sake of it. Um, yeah. It has to be natural, I think, in that regard. But, yeah, that brings us on to Saturday, which was another session day. And back on my the favourite. What's that? Back on the loop. Ba- back at Southway Road. Yeah. and uh, I feel like you need probably... to give it a better name than that. It needs South to be Way something Road.
0: a bit more heroic, you know?
1: Well, all right, then. Um, you got any ideas?
0: it's <laughs> uh, not my loop.
1: Yeah. Southway
0: Road. I mean, Southway Road. We can refer to it as Southway Road. Why not?
1: Yeah. So me and, me and my um, uh, guy did most of marathon training with Chris, who lives quite locally. We just yeah. nicknamed it Homer Champions because it's our, it's our version of like a 10. You, they've got more Ben Road and all that and LD yeah. track. And we've got Southway Road, which connects onto Moulton Drive with a Sainsbury's just down the road. Um, Beautiful. I know what I'd prefer.
0: How long is it in duration? I've never actually asked that question.
1: So it is eight hundred and ninety three meters, I believe. Perfect. That's twice yeah. as
0: long as my loop, which is probably better.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is good. It's got yeah. a couple of tight corners. So when you come off that straight, if you if you look at it on Strava, it's like a semicircle almost, isn't it? Yeah. That straight, when you come off that and go onto the bend, it's it's pretty tight. Um, yeah. Unless you can go on the road, but it can get quite busy on the road on that straight bit. So. Yeah, that's the only downside, but apart from that it's, it's pretty spot on. Um but anyway, the, the session itself was five xk on K float, and I absolutely stuff. love floats. I this is my favorite session. I'd do it till the cows come home. Like in marathon training, when you're doing, you know, uh like seven by three K off a K float or four by five K off a K float, I just love keeping moving in between those reps. Yeah. Feels good. Um
0: you almost get some free mileage
1: in there. That's what I always
0: used, used to yeah. like to think. <laughs> when you're doing those big marathon sessions, you do a couple of K floats and you, you bulk it up a little bit. So Exactly. exactly a bit of free it? mileage.
1: It works wonders for your average as well when you float, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, but yeah. There's none of this shuffling along at like seven-minute K pace in between your reps. You're just, yeah, you're flowing. It feels nice. And it also makes the session go quicker, I think, because mm. um, you're, you're not stopping. You don't get chance to really uh like reevaluate or think too much because you're just constantly running the old time. Yeah. Um but yeah it was another really, really cold one this feels like minus four. Oof. Uh but the wind that dropped completely. So to be honest, minus the mist and the fact that it was freezing and the fact that I should have worn uh long tights instead of half tights and my knees got very cold. The conditions were actually really nice for this. Um really nice. So yeah, 5 K on K float, um, 10K in total, obviously, 340 average. And the goal for the on reps was about 330. And the offs were about four flat, which um, I definitely didn't stick to religiously. So for the on Ks, I went 329, 29, 30, 29, and then 25 for the last one. So pretty spot on there. But the floats, um, 53, 50, 47, 51, 48. So bit quick, but mm. I, had, um, I had the Alpha Flies on, the OG Alpha Flies. Okay, the best shoe that's ever been made and probably ever will be made. Which um, colorway? Uh Do you know what I actually had? <laughs> they were a box fresh blue pair, aqua Ooh, pair. Yeah. Because I'd stupidly moved all of my shoes to the new house, but I hadn't actually moved in yet. And the right. only pair of, um, like, Shoes that I'd wear for a session I had left were a brand new box press, uh, box fresh pair of um of Alpha Flies. So what a treat! They got christened. Um,
0: that's the shoe I ran uh cope, my first ever marathon. A blue oh, pair of Alpha Flies. Well, look at that! How sentimental. <laughs> it certainly is beautiful shoe. Anyway, yeah,
1: yeah. So I was a bit. I don't like pushing the pace on runs. I don't like running quicker than you should. Mm. Um, I think it's important if you're given splits by like a coach to hit, you should probably try and hit them. And if you're meant to be running four flat for the floats instead of quicker, you should probably be running four flat instead of three fifties. But yeah, um, Andy commented saying best run in the comeback so far, and to get that a two days, yeah, to, to get a Strava comment from Mr. Mr. Hobden himself means you've got to be doing something right. So. Yeah, I mean it's it's a solid
0: 10k time as well if you think about it. 36 minutes for a 10k, most people would be chuffed with that,
1: especially Um, to do it as a flight. Yeah, 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 that's what I mean. That's why I love these sessions. You come away with like decent, you know, a decent bit of volume and decent splits Mm. for what is essentially just five. What feels like 5k of work. Yeah, Um, I think that's why I love these sessions as well because the the actual on reps feel they're normally not you're not doing them at like sub threshold pace right you're not doing them at 5k pace and then floating Mm. um so they usually they feel pretty cruisy the on reps and then the floats almost feel like recoveries so you're running sub four minute k's but they feel easy like it feels like you're jogging so yeah just bloody lovely stuff um and finally sunday now when i (laughs) i put in the uh our group chat that i just finished my run and it was the afternoon and our <laughs> our long lost co-host callum said that sunday arvo runs are nonce behavior now, <laughs> i think that's a bit harsh
0: i do and, think that's a little bit on the harsh side yeah. but i can kind of see where he's coming from no I've, i know i've had know. people comment that on my afternoon sunday runs if if i've ever had to do them <laughs> well
1: I'll, I'll tell you why right if if i've got summer for the weekend like i did this weekend she wakes up very early she'll be up by half six and mm. like she was jumping on my face by about seven <laughs> so there's no way that i can get a run done before then um and there's no way that i can rope my parents into like giving me some a bit of childcare at that time in the morning yeah easy especially way. not for
0: a sunday long run <laughs> no, no. no you need some time for that you know
1: exactly so um the easiest way for me to run when, when I'm looking after summer is to uh, wait until she's gone to sleep, wait, wait until she's had her naps, read mm-hmm. a few stories, and, and she dozes off. And that's when I can say to my mum, I'm just going out for my long run. She'll be asleep. And when I get back, uh, I'll be back like before she wakes up kind of thing. Yeah. So that's why I was out at 3.36 in the afternoon for this long run. <laughs> um, but the long runs are actually getting a little bit longer, which is good. So this was 10 miles um, just 10 miles to feel. Um, And it was the first time in a long time that I've done, uh, I've been able to go out and back along the canal. Uh, Normally this time of year, it's an absolute bog. It's muddy, it's full of puddles, and it's just not very pleasant to run on at all. But because of how cold it's been, the path was completely frozen over, which meant, minus it being very, very icy and a bit treacherous in places, the surface is beautiful because it's a little bit softer than tarmac but you know it's just it's nice to get on a, a bit of a traffic free out and back loop. Um Bet but the yeah. scenery
0: is quite nice along there as well with the following the river or the canal along the the whole route.
1: Oh it's spectacular. Yeah, it's it's, it's really really nice. Like the, the I canal, can imagine the actual, it. Yeah. Well, you'll do it one day Ben. We'll go on a lovely long run down the canal and back. Sounds good to um, me. But yeah, the, the actual canal itself was frozen, which just added to the. Uh, to oh the really? Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it been really cold. Yeah. Um. But anyway, ten miles, just over sixteen k. Uh, four o three average for this. So, good stuff. Yeah, got going quite nicely by the end and felt felt really good. And, Brilliant. Um,
0: Sixty five minutes of running. Yeah, freezing your tits off, and you felt great.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm just on a on an upswing at the moment where it feels like I've just started running again and every run is just exciting. Like I love, I just love running at the moment, yeah. which is, yeah, it's a nice place to be. Um it
0: certainly is. Wait till you get into a marathon block and everything yeah, is nice that grind.
1: Yeah, I know. That's the thing at the moment. I'm in sort of this honeymoon period of coming back from like all of the London marathon nonsense and getting back and finding fitness again and everything feels great. But I know that one of these weeks, maybe not this week that we're on now, but maybe the week after or the week after that, there's gonna be an absolutely filthy session in there, which yeah, makes me question everything <laughs> all over again. Um, but yeah, that that was my week uh, of running. 72k, nice to get into sevens again. For some reason that feels like infinitely more Ks than 60 something does. So yeah, it's a lot
0: closer to a hundred, isn't it? Then exactly. 60.
1: And that's where that's where we're headed, hopefully. Um and yeah, I should say as well, the reason we're recording this on a Monday is because I then decided to, to actually move in to the new place on the Sunday evening. I thought it would be a quick job. My sofa and my, my bed finally arrived. So I thought, get that set up. I'll be in there and we can start recording the podcast by half seven, no problem. But I didn't actually get in the house until about eight. And then <laughs> heating didn't work. Didn't oh, have enough water. Um, and I just, you yeah, know, boxes and just shit everywhere to yeah. be honest so it wasn't happening um so I'm, so does I'm that mean sorry about that ben. last
0: night was your first night in your new place it was and it was, how was freezing. It? freezing freezing yeah, yeah but, absolutely but, freezing heating at this in this conditions
1: yeah. i i woke up and I, I i could see my breath oh no my breath and i i slept in like a hoodie and tracky bottoms with socks and all sorts yeah it wasn't pretty but it's it's nice and toasty in here now so that's You're the in. thing yeah
0: lovely stuff
1: um so yeah, that was that was my week. We had to drag it out a little bit without Calamere. Um, no, solid yeah.
0: week, mate. Again, Strava bars in the right direction. So yeah, two. What Absolutely. do you reckon you've gotten in, in terms of mileage next week? A little bit more, or sort of going to sit at that for a little while now?
1: I think I think it's probably going to work out to be almost exactly the same, maybe a little bit more because mm-hmm. um, I've got that race well, that ten k uh, weekend after oh yeah fifth weekend fifth of february yeah yeah and i'm not gonna well (laughs) i say i'm not gonna Andy's not told me anything yet but i'm I'm, i don't think it's gonna be like a taper down and do like a little taper session on the tuesday and yeah i think it's just gonna be a case of like still
0: pretty much building aren't you so there's no point really tapering too much maybe like a two or three easy days beforehand would be sensible but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend a full-on like right i'm not going to do any running this week
1: no, I, I don't do very well with that either, to be honest. I I hmm. hate tapering for anything. Um
0: but yeah. My little sister's doing that race as well. The oh, is she? Winter Run Ten K, right? Oh nice. Yeah, you're gonna come and watch? Yeah, I will be down there. I'll really? watch. Yeah. Oh, that'll be exciting. I'll cheer you Wait. on. I can get you some some footage if you need any.
1: Oh yes, please. Can you make me a little banner as well? <laughs> what do you think?
0: I reckon I can do that. <laughs> the banner will say this
1: isn't an out and back.
0: <laughs> Don't turn around.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, love that! That'd be great. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that. It should be a it Should be a good, fun little hard hit out just to see where we're at. And, yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, take stock of things and move on. But anyway, that's enough of me waffling on. Ben, tell me about your your big week because I've seen some lovely, lovely, juicy things on Strava, and we've got some other outside of running things to uh, to talk about as well, haven't we? I think
0: we certainly do. Right. Um, I was just thinking, before we jump into my week, if Callum does happen to send us a voice <laughs> note, we're going to chuck it in here, right? So if if the next, I don't know, how long he's going to send in, five, ten minutes is Callum talking through his week, then great. If it just goes into me talking through my week, then then that's how we're, we're going to roll with it today.
1: Yeah. And if he sounds highly intoxicated, he probably is. He probably
2: is, <laughs> he um, probably is That's yeah. okay, because he's on his holidays.
0: Exactly. He's enjoying some beers. Right, over to you, Callum.
2: All right boys, Callum here. How we doing? Thanks for uh, bearing with me while I'm abroad. I hope the episode has been a uh, truly thrilling one. I know there were some great listener questions to cover. A uh, little update from me this week. It's been a uh, a very good week for me actually. 69.8 or 0.9 miles uh, total in the week. So back to that good mileage for me. Uh, two good sessions. Tuesday was five times two minute, four minute um and that worked out around seven and a half miles averaging 440 per mile for the uh the actual reps itself so pretty good shape around kind of that goal 10k pace if you will kind of low 29s if not 20 at high so yeah good session with the group uh on an icy cambridge night made me feel like i was uh i was back in some kind of fitness and then friday joined the legend himself the doctor uh not phil Sessman, but norman shreve uh, two sixteen marathoner. Uh, for a a tempo session, he had sixteen miles at marathon pace, uh, of which I did two mile, three mile, three mile with, um, two minutes and three minutes rest in between respectively. Uh, an average five ten per mile for that. So that ended up being about eight and a half miles, um, averaging five twenty ish, five thirty ish with including the rests. Um, so yeah, good sessions. Um, Tuesday was kind of touching on the faster end of stuff and friday some more tempo stuff and i hate doing the longer sessions so it's really good for me when i can bank and uh kind of rep over two or three miles so i was pretty pleased with that and then saturday i flew to prague on a bit of a family holiday or well, um holiday with alice's family my girlfriend um so sunday morning i had a, a long run of about 14 miles i think it was 13.6 or 13.7 along the river here in Prague freezing icy minus two conditions wasn't fun at all to be honest but kind of went a bit fast because I was exploring so that was a positive of it and yeah that rounded off the week pretty much so 70 miles in a pretty good spot not racing for at least two weeks probably three weeks not until February the 12th I don't think um, so I've got plenty of time to get sharp again uh, and introduce some faster stuff on the track. So for this week, it was pretty good in terms of um, volume and everything else. Hope you've had a good week, boys. Uh, hope this podcast episode's good. If this is the worst yet, then you know why. The talent's been missing, as they say. But if not, have a good one and uh, see you in next episode. Cheers, boys. We need some cold
1: right. music or something now, don't we?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I could probably chuck in some music. <laughs> yeah, there. that'd be good. Oh, it, he just said... He just literally commented in the chat as we said that. How freaking freaky is that? Remind
1: me to send my... Oh. That is oh, freaky. I like it? We're just so connected. That's hoping, I know. Aren't we? We've got we just I'm live and breathe send...
0: the Run It Three Ways podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is weird, actually. That yeah. is strange. Anyway, let me talk you through my week of running. Come on then, Ben. So, yeah, 16th of January. Wow, that feels like such a long time ago. Um, anyway... Uh, it was a 10-kilometer easy run to kickstart the week. Um, I'd actually planned to do my usual 10-mile uh, loop, so 16 kilometers, but I got about 5K in, and it was completely flooded. We must have had a load of rain overnight because it wasn't actually raining on the on the morning of the run. But, um, yeah, my usual route was completely flooded. I'd never seen it like that before. Um, and I didn't fancy running through it because I think it was about, like well, yeah, just about two or three degrees, maybe not even that. Yeah. So I decided just to turn around and and head back up the hill and, and back home for a, a nice 10k at 4.35. So I think is one of those
1: runs where you cut off a Sunday long run, run and you think, well, oh, actually,
0: I feel, feel pretty good this morning. And then towards the end of the run, your quads are like screaming at you like, no, I definitely did a solid run the day before. Yeah. Um. So I think naturally that started off at around probably 4.20s per kilometre and finished more at like 4.40s. Um, <laughs> yeah, it did. I was happy to see the end of that one, to be honest with you. But anyway. Then in the evening, uh, on yeah Monday evening at 6.45, I did another 10 kilometers um, on the treadmill at 4.23 per kilometer. Um, nothing re- that I can really remember about that one, apart from I've plugged my YouTube channel here, Road to Osaka Episode 2 is live on YouTube. There we go. If you, you want to go me. hear even more about my running, then you can go and watch YouTube videos about it. Um, anyway, on to Tuesday, the first proper... Sort of training run, uh, training day of the week. Um, I had a morning threshold session, uh, three by 10 minutes. And this is probably the first session, I'd say, in about, it feels like two or three months where everything seems to click. Um, I got to the gym, I did my warm up, which I usually do at around 440s per kilometer, keep it nice and easy. And my heart rate was just sticking at around 125, 130 beats a minute um and i was just feeling super super fresh so i thought i'd risk it a little bit this week and push the threshold pace back up to where a cl- bit closer to where it used to be um so for this run i i ran 315 per kilometer for those 10 minute intervals with 90 seconds recoveries um and i think yeah this was probably about half a half a mile an hour cuz the treadmill goes up in in 0.5 increments so this was 0.5 miles per hour quicker than it has been for the last two or three weeks in terms of my threshold and yeah it went really well felt really solid um i've been trying to as i mentioned in last week's episode with regards to fueling and the marathon i've been tr- really trying to practice it um this time around so i took a 90 gram carb gel um down to the gym with me these ones are sort of wow. have like a um, resealable lid so you can take a little bit put it down <laughs> And then uh, carry on. Yeah, there's some hefty Sorry. stuff. I'm looking at I'm looking at this picture. It just reminds
1: me of like you know when your mum used to pack you uh, like pack lunch for school. and you Yeah, had one of them little yogurts in there. Yeah, I know exactly, exactly what, what that looks like. <laughs> it's just like that. For the treadmill.
0: <laughs> yeah, it does feel a little bit weird. But um, it's great. I'm not sure if I'm going to use those in the actual race because 90 grams. or well, they probably weigh even more than 90 grams. More like 120 grams. is quite heavy, especially to have in your back pocket. So I probably would prefer to have like three or four smaller gels in a race. But um yeah. yeah, managed to get down ninety grams of of carb carbs in that session, along with five hundred milliliters of electrolytes. Um so yeah. I spoke with a sports nutritionist recently and he was saying the importance oh, wow. of like um training your gut like you would your legs basically for for a marathon. Um so there's been a big emphasis on on fueling and and t- trying to take on water as much as I can um just to try and get my gut used to it um yeah the session went went really well things are starting to click i've got written here um and yeah looked at the heart rate data after and everything was in the right zones um which was good because i had increased the the pace a little bit this week so i was a bit worried i might have overcooked a little bit in the morning but um no went
1: well getting fit ben getting um, fit definitely we we do some maths i'm just thinking about this whole uh like carb situation mm. if I, I would think the exact same as you if i had one of these frub looking things i would think there's no way i can take that on a marathon but mm. you wouldn't blink at taking um like four or five gels in your back pocket and surely weight wise it's got to be the same right yeah yeah
0: definitely is this is a i think it's the equivalent of three gels um so yeah. if you can imagine that in terms of size but um yeah just trying to fit it in the pocket might not be too easy um, and yeah. and it's exactly the same uh, fuel in this little packet that's in the little sachet so just okay. for, just for training it makes sense not to chuck away loads of packaging all the time and and just use these especially if I'm on the treadmill and I can just le- like leave it in front of me um I don't have the issue of having to carry it with me so yeah that, nice another perk of doing doing treadmill sessions
1: what what you need is to uh, get these um have you seen nick Harris Fry from the run testers in the shorts that he wears for his marathons.
0: Yeah, I think I remember seeing that in one of his videos actually. Yeah. yeah.
1: So they're like women's half tights from Decathlon. Yes, <laughs> I remember. Yeah. But so they've got like a built-in running belt all the way, all the way around the waistband that is apparently amazing because he doesn't take gels on his um sub 2:30 marathon runner, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, 2:28 mm. something at Berlin, I think. Um but he he only takes on fluids. So he's yeah. got like soft flasks that he <laughs> He, he looks like he's going on like a, a, a trail run on the South Downs Way or something <laughs> when he runs his marathons. But yeah, swears by only taking on like liquid fuel. Um, so maybe have a look at those um, women's half tights on decathlon, Ben, and stick a few of these precision hydration <laughs> 90 gram frube things in there and you'll be fine. Yeah, be happy days. Um, last question on this one. What shoes did you wear? Because you've got Nimbus 25s here, but you didn't wear them, did you?
0: Yeah, no, I didn't wear Nimbus 25s. Um, what did I wear? such a long time ago i think it might have been a pair of vapor flies you know
1: oh okay nice classic
0: i took two pairs of shoes to the gym with me like an absolute weirdo but i like to switch (laughs) i like to swap out of carbon for the warm-up and warm down otherwise it just feels unnatural really so yeah um, yeah i was in the nimbus 25s which i'm absolutely loving to be honest with you
1: yeah really good shoe. i was thinking that you know like i wonder how many people like for me i'll I'll religiously swap shoes so i'll jog down you know the bag that you get with your alpha flies or vapor flies um i'll stick the shoes i'm going to wear for the session in there and cross it over myself and jog down to the to the loop and then change shoes after i've done my warm-up and drills and strides and stuff every single time i'll never very 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 rarely like warm up and cool down in in carbon i wonder if that's it's got to be pretty normal, right? I'm sure most I think people so. would do that. Yeah. yeah,
0: especially if you've got as many shoes as we have. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to get use out of them all. <laughs> and I'm I'm consciously trying to run as many miles as I can in the Nimbus 25 to try and get a 100-mile review out Yeah. Um. for when the shoe gets released because I want to give my first like proper review having actually done a fair bit of mileage in them. So. Yeah, nice. Yeah, using them quite a bit at the moment. Um. On to Tuesday evening... So this was, yeah, a bit of drama for the week. Um, Went down to Chelmsford track. I had 20 by 400 meters in the plan, um, but the track was completely frozen. Um, I've got a little video on my Strava here of me slipping and sliding around. Um, So yeah, the track wasn't usable. So we had to sort of pivot a little bit. And um, Joe and uh, Luke, who are my teammates from Chelmsford, were also down at the track. Um, So we decided to do a bit of a, a tempo run. Um, Joe did 20 minutes and Luke and I did 30 minutes, um, averaged 337 per kilometer for that, for the tempo, um, which is a really nice pace to run at, especially when you've got some company. Um, so yeah, we had a, it was actually a fairly decent session. Not quite what we had on, on the plan, but um, yeah, mm. it's better than nothing. 10, another 10 miles of the day. And that average pace was 413 per kilometer. So yeah, all in all good session it wasn't on the plan I couldn't quite call that a double threshold session day but um, kind of had the same sort of benefit really
1: yeah yeah it's like you say it's like a lovely sexy pace that isn't it like 340 a k is just I don't know it just feels good you, yeah you can cruise along you can still talk a little bit but yeah yeah, exactly yeah still feels like a solid bit of effort when you're finished lovely sweet spot I and like the road
0: that. was a lot less icy than the track was so mm. I had the Mizunos on for this one actually and they are seriously good in in slippery conditions, yeah, um, the grip on the bottom of them is just yeah, mad. It's almost like a light trail shoe, um, and it's still super super lightweight. So, yeah, credit to Mizuno for putting a decent grip on a super shoe because there's not many others that that can sort of compete. I don't think.
1: No, it reminds me a bit of like the old Takumi Sens. Like Takumi Sens Five had like these little diamonds on the bottom of it, and um, yeah, before first, my time. Yeah, the the um first like session shoe I ever got, I think that was. And the, um, the OG RC Elite from New Balance as well, which I never ran in, but it had those like diamond bits on the outsole. Mm. Um, Mizuno, yeah, I've kind of gone for that kind of deal with the Rebellion Pro. And it's, yeah, I agree. Works wonders. So yeah, yeah.
0: good session. Um, Not quite what was on the plan, but hey-ho, we got it banked. And then on to Wednesday, um, this one, <laughs> it's a very special <laughs> I've only, run. I've only just seen what you've called this one. <laughs> I've called this one the Folen. Um, and i put here. If you listen to the pod, you'll understand. So it was a 30 minute out and back recovery run, um, and I decided instead of doing my usual loop, I would I dedicate this one to Tom and do, yeah, run 15 minutes and turn around and come home, um, just for the podcast. So there we go.
1: Fantastic.
0: Nothing to report. Got rolling though. 427s per kilometer. Anything quicker than 430s for me on an easy run is is <laughs> means I'm feeling good. Yeah. Um, And the reason I only did 30 minutes instead of a little bit longer is because I had uh, the Pure Sport Run Club in London on the Wednesday evening Um, and actually went down with with Callum actually. It's quite nice. Do our little duties with the Pure Sport guys uh, and and we ran, it was meant to be a 5k loop, but GPS in London is a little bit wacky. So it was only 4.62, but yeah, lovely little no, to be honest with you, it wasn't lovely. It was pretty horrific.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love how you've changed that because I, I hate running in central London. I Honestly, this just reminded
0: that. me that I absolutely love where we live in terms of being out in the countryside, running on the lanes every day. This was the complete opposite, dodging people, traffic, yeah. stop, start. Traffic lights. I think I nearly sprained my ankle on the curbs. So yeah, it wasn't too pleasant. Obviously, being amongst some some lovely people is always makes it makes a good run. But in terms of the actual route, it wasn't too enjoyable. And I know Callum had the same sort of feeling. He was like, (laughs) when we finished the run, he was like, "Nope, I hate London.
1: (laughs) Take me home." Um, Yeah, I I just can't. If if anybody listening like regularly has to do their their runs and get mileage in around central London, fair play because I don't know. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you would do, like uh you think about some of the runs that we're doing in this week, you know, like 10 miles or like progression yeah. runs or whatever. I don't know how you would do that. Like even up and down the embankment, I thought when I've run in central London, I'd be safe just going up and down there. But you bloody not. There's stairs and you've got to cross bridges and there's yeah. people everywhere. And like, yeah, it's
0: pigeons. I think that's probably ball. why so many people who, who are London based just run laps and laps at the parks. Yeah. Um Battersea parks have, big favorite of pure sport but i think they do one every other wednesday they run from the hq so Mm. one one wednesday it's at hq then it's at battersea park and this just happened to be one from hq so i guess the route's a little bit more limited but um yeah if you run in london on a weekly basis then credit to you it's not for me
1: yeah anyway moving on this is a this is a big one you got your sexy legs out on some strava i certainly do it's it's a beefy session on a treadmill
0: it was indeed so i didn't want to basically repeat of Tuesday and have to go to the track in the evening and it be frozen and not be able to do a workout so I actually decided to having felt really good on the Tuesday to do a bit of a bigger session um so this again was an adjustment to the plan I had a double threshold day planned um but I thought no I think I'm I think I'm ready in terms of fitness to do some more mar- marathon uh, specific sessions so yeah this was a big one um it was three by seven kilometers with ninety seconds recovery. This is probably the biggest uh, session I've ever done on a treadmill. And to be honest, I didn't regret it. I really enjoyed it. Um I feel I feel like I've just getting getting such a groove with with treadmill running. You know, you can just zone out, get a good podcast on, um, listen to good music and um yeah, just seem to be able to tick it off. So for this one, I think each seven kilometre took me, if I remember, it, it was around 34 minutes and 50 seconds. I know that because I had to work it out because my watch, when I got run on the treadmill, I have to change it to miles. Yeah. And I wanted to do three by 7K. So I was like, how can I figure out like if I've actually run 7K? So I used a little pace calculator thing to work out, right, if I run for 34 minutes, that will be exactly seven kilometers at that pace. Um, so yeah, the rep pace was 333 per kilometer, which I've got written here is roughly where I think my marathon pace is um based on on concurrent fitness and it felt pretty good comfortably hard um exactly where what marathon pace should feel um and the heart rate was sort of sort of related to that as well around about where my heart rate would sit in the marathon so um yeah solid session 27.53 kilometers average pace 349 per kilometer and again uh 90 grams of carbs the same um little Frube thing um, uh, 600 mils of electrolytes and controlled for our happy days lovely and i wore the the new balance uh super comp for this one which is yeah really good shoes it's a sort of softer uh marathon shoe option i'd say a lot yeah. less aggressive than than some out there which i actually quite enjoy especially for more like more training runs but i don't know about you have you tried this shoe much tom
1: yeah i've worn it a couple of times um yeah it's not one that i'm reaching for that regularly to be honest
0: yeah I I just think there's a little bit on the upper where the laces sort of the loop through I yeah don't know if you can yeah, see yeah. that on the photo but um yeah that just that little bit of stitch in there comes through onto the middle as well and it just seemed to aggravate my foot a little bit and I think I've Got a, had a little bit of a blister towards the end of that one, mm. um, on the shoe there. So in terms of the upper, um, a little bit of a concern for for that shoe for me. But I, it may have been the pair of socks I was wearing as well, because I had a new pair of socks. Um, sometimes that can cause a bit of extra like slipping about. So I'll give it Out- another go, for sure. But um, yeah, something to note with that shoe.
1: Yeah, uh, outrageous sock choice, by the way, with this shoe. For yellow to go for like neon yellow socks with yeah. a red and blue shoe were you just feeling a bit wacky literally? i was a,
0: well i went to the pure sport run club on the wednesday and i got given these socks so i was like i better try them out <laughs> fresh pair of socks you know the sure. feeling
1: <laughs> i got um a couple of questions about the actual session itself yeah when you're so first of all bloody great session like like you are saying with the heart rate it looks like 165ish Mm. is is bang on which if you look at you know conventional wisdom is probably slap bang on most people's like marathon pace right what you could sustain for for the math so it's a beautiful session to look at but when you're doing um your recoveries are you just leaving the belt running and jumping like putting two feet either side of the of the treadmill
0: yeah so yeah rather than adjust the pace and do like a jog or whatever i prefer just to stand there and uh actually have to like put my feet on it every now and again just sort of to make sure it doesn't turn off because <laughs> it, i think after about 30 seconds it recognizes that you've got off and it basically shuts down yeah so to keep the awesome. pace going i just sort of like put two feet on every now and again to make sure it doesn't stop
1: yeah okay and uh also i i sweat profusely on a treadmill like it's mm. awful no matter how even in 30 minutes like i'll be drenched and there'll be like to to a degree where i feel quite embarrassed and uncomfortable to be on the treadmill for anybody else who's around me how yeah. do you combat that do you just not perspire that no I'm,
0: I'm absolutely dripping throughout the whole session um
1: <laughs> he just doesn't care that's, I, that's the answer
0: yeah as long as i replace the, the the water and the electrolytes going in it doesn't bother me too much but i have nailed the sort of outfit for the the treadmill always wear as little as possible um so for this one i had my little short shorts on and a saw vest yeah. vest top which are the best in terms of hot weather um basically feel like you're wearing nothing so that always helps if i have to do a treadmill run and i've worn a t-shirt even that difference is just yeah unbearable sometimes so yeah try to wear as little clothes as possible and always make sure you're over hydrating basically otherwise yeah it gets pretty grim pretty quickly do people um, I, not
1: look at you funny, like when you're running for this long on the treadmill, hour 45 on the treadmill. Yeah, people I definitely not do like, get some funny like? looks.
0: I kind yeah. of just own it, you know.
1: Yeah, nice. It's my thing. Do it with confidence.
0: Not many other people are, are going for it on the treadmill. Most people are walking at this time of the year. So
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah and God bless them too. If you're just starting running and um, you know, you've got the confidence to even get on a treadmill when there's a gym full of people. Fair bloody play. You yeah, 100%. Run.
0: I think this day, though, it was absolutely empty. So I had the choice of all all seven or eight treadmills. So didn't have the, the issue of embarrassing myself, really. Not that I'm yeah. somebody who really cares about that stuff. Anyway, moving on to my Friday. This is my sort of semi-long run of the week. I think I t- touched on it last week. This The purpose of this longer run isn't to get the long- run benefit it's mainly just to get some time on time on the legs when they're feeling a little bit knackered so um yeah I've called this one slog state opposite to flow <laughs> state um <laughs> exactly the same route as last Friday um and exactly the same pace and I didn't look at my watch the whole way again which is really really freaked me out I, I looked at the duration and it was seven seconds different to the week before oh my god which was a bit freaky it would have been even freakier if it was bang on wouldn't it but
1: but it's not even as if like your, your splits are fairly it looks like a slightly undulating route right a little bit of up and down yeah um so your splits it's not even as if your splits are like bang on every time and that's why you ran the same like no, it's, it's all over the place sporadic. yeah so that's yeah don't like that it's a bit creepy
0: it was a bit but um yeah didn't enjoy that one but it's one of those you just got to get done especially being in marathon training pro- this is probably like the only run of the week where it felt like horrible so i'll take that Sometimes you have weeks where everything feels a real struggle. So, um, yeah, sometimes you just got to get through those runs. You're going to, you're going to benefit from them. Um, and yeah, just took it nice and easy Four forty four per kilometer for 20.54 kilometers, which yeah, was easy pace on the day, a little bit slower than my other easy runs for the week. But yeah. Yeah. Obviously the, the session on the Thursday was a good one because I was absolutely buggered on the Friday. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You're always going to feel a bit battered after doing three by seven K on a treadmill. So yeah. And that's, fair the, play.
0: that's the difference between doing double, double threshold work and one big session. Um, if I do double threshold, I'll wake up the next day and relative to how the legs felt that day, they'll feel good. But if I do the total volume in one session, um, that's when your legs really get, Battered. that's what i find anyway Mm. so that's mainly why i do a lot of double running i think we got a few questions in the um, listeners questions about why when's it a good idea to double and i basically do it so that i can prioritize recovery a little bit more but um anyway going off topic (laughs) on to saturday Yes, just quickly rush quickly go through this week um so saturday i actually on that sorry go back to that friday run I actually felt a little bit of a niggle um, oh, no. in, in my hip. Um, I think it was just general tightness, but uh, I decided to take it really easy on on the Saturday um, and just do a park run with my little sister, get some nice wholesome uh, family time in for for the week. Uh, my mum also did it this week. Shout out to, to mum. My sister ran 27 minutes and 30 seconds for the park run, which is, yeah, pretty good running for her. Um, she's also training for the the winter run 10k that you're going to be doing, Tom. So watch out for Speedy Felton on the start line. There, <laughs> she'll have you in the sprint finish. That's for sure. She's she definitely saves something. I've done a few park runs with her, and she absolutely flies for the last hundred meters. So I love it. Yeah, better that's watch solid out
1: though. You know, like 27 minutes, 524 per k. That's you know, like that's just going some, isn't it?
0: Yeah, she's she's doing really well. Um, she's only been running for probably about six to eight months, I'd say. So oh, wow. um, yeah, solid going. I absolutely love doing that with my mom and sister. It's really nice just to, you know, just take it easy, not worry about the pace at all. Yeah. have a nice brie and cranberry croissant afterwards and a coffee <laughs> and uh yeah, happy days. And I just, that's, that's the run done for the Saturday. Then And just enjoy the rest of the day and, and focus on recovery, yeah. um, getting ready for my big run of the week, which was on the Sunday. Hang on, ben. So this one...
1: hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, in this week's instalment of me spinning around Strava maps to see what animal they look like, this yeah. park run course looks a bit like a bunny rabbit. It does, yeah. It, right? I can see the
0: little ears. Yeah. Yeah, the legs are a little bit questionable. but Yeah, not sure what that is. Uh, no, definitely the top proven.
1: half is a, is a
0: rabbit, I'd give you that.
1: Yeah, even the lake fits in like the ear fit. It does, perfectly. yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, anyway, Sunday, 20 miles.
0: Sunday was yeah 20 miler. Uh, five weeks to go to to the Osaka marathon um and I also wore the alpha fly twos for this run and yeah just reminded me how much I love that shoe mm. um it's just yeah so good when you get rolling super super efficient um and for my long runs at the moment I've been trying to keep my heart rate in around 150 to 160 so these are sort of like steady just below threshold effort um and yeah this one was the best run of the block by a long, long way. Um, uh, averaged 338 per kilometre for 32 uh, kilometres. And yeah, felt great throughout. One caffeinated gel at the 40 minutes and one non-caffeinated gel at 80 minutes. Um, yeah, nothing really more to say than a absolutely lovely run. Really mm. good conditions. I waited a little bit um, later in the morning. I think I went out at 11.40 for this one. Um, had the luxury of not having much on Sunday, so I could just prioritise like when was going to be the best time to run. Um, so I got out when it was a little bit less icy, so the roads had had dried up in the sunshine, which is yeah definitely a good decision.
1: Yeah, you're you're so fit, Ben, right now, um, both <laughs> visually <laughs> and like, literally, uh, Tom. Because this is yeah, that's that's a big run. To, yeah, to, definitely to bank twenty miles at you know three thirty odd pace. Um, after the week that you'd had as well, let's not forget like those sessions that you'd done earlier. Mm. Like that's yeah, it's a big run. Obviously, I know that ultimately you want to run a lot quicker for the marathon yeah. than what you have already, and you want to run a lot quicker than what you're probably going to run in Osaka. But yeah, yeah, to, to show that you can get out for twenty miles after the week you've had at that sort of pace um, and feel good doing it. Yeah, you're you're fit for sure.
0: Yeah, I did I definitely surprised myself because this is only sort of th- week three of marathon training and i can remember it on the fir- in the first week i was like this is probably the least fit i've been in a long long time mm. um but yeah 3 weeks in and suddenly i've just felt a big jump in fitness and um, suddenly i think last week around 3 it was around 345s for the long run and this week for the same effort was 338 so yeah i don't know if it was the alpha flies also giving me a little bit of a help mm. um but this run just clicked and i finished it again To, you you know, know. I think that, that comes down to, to, to fueling yeah. as well because if you get the fueling right you shouldn't feel like you're bonking too much so um, yeah really good end to the week
1: yeah I think three weeks honestly is like a, a bit of a sweet spot obviously not to the same degree as you but I've only had three weeks of you know still relatively low volume compared to, to what I'd like to be doing and what what I'm used to I suppose but mm. I feel the dog's bollocks and I'm only running 72k and that's off three you know, solid weeks where I've just got some decent sessions under the belt. Um, And before that, I was in the absolute bin, running like less than 20K a week, 30K a week. So I think three weeks of solid training is all it really takes for you to start feeling fit and start feeling good again and to get that momentum back. Um, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, good good to see. Long may it continue, Ben.
0: I hope so. I think, yeah, the next few weeks will be a little bit tougher than maybe the... The last three weeks, three weeks have been in terms of maintaining it now, because obviously you're going to start to feel those bigger sessions in the legs yeah. um, as a bit of the fatigue like builds up and creeps up on you. But um, yeah, I think taking that Saturday super easy and that Thursday, that Friday run, sorry, to also really easy helps push these little long these long runs on uh, a fair bit. So it's definitely something. I'm almost like having a mini taper in the week. Um, to make sure that I'm somewhat fresh for the long run. And I'm, yeah, I'm really enjoying that as in my training at the moment. So I'm going to, yeah, stick, stick to that moving forward.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Nice. Solid week. Um, Thank
0: you very much. Yeah. I think it was, what? how much, how many kilometers did we average 148 kilometers for the week? So that was eight kilometers more than last week. Um, Yeah. Pretty tough with that. Hopefully you can get another good week like that next week.
1: Absolutely. Shall we um? Shall we move on to some news? We somehow managed to waffle for like nearly an hour. Yeah, we did a good job.
0: Um, <laughs> I think it's just because we started talking about shoes all the, all the time. Yeah, Usually, yeah. Callum tells us off when we go off on tangents.
1: He does. He does. Um, but now we're going to talk about shoes again, aren't we? We because are indeed. Yeah. In the running news this week, there's been um, yeah, there's, there's been a few little things in the in the running shoe world that have come to light. So first of all, the Invincible Three. Um, is coming out very soon. Like you'll have probably seen people if you're into this sort of thing. Anyway, you've probably seen guys like Ben Johnson getting yeah. their feet in a pair and running hundreds of miles in them already. Um, Ben, you've got your pair now. They arrived today. Yeah, they arrived
0: they? this morning. Yeah,
1: yeah. And myself and yourself are off to uh, off to Berlin um on Wednesday for like they the official indeed. kind of launch event for the Invincible Three with Nike. So looking forward to that our bromance can continue to to flourish
0: certainly uh, can i'm really yeah. looking forward to that actually shoe yeah, looks really, really looks good, good as well unboxed it this morning and it yes it's a good looking shoe it doesn't look that good in the photos i I didn't think but yeah. i got the blue colorway and it's got some like iridescent bits on it and um yeah it looks really good yeah definitely yeah. an improvement in terms of aesthetic i haven't run in it yet um, I think I might wait until, until we're out in Berlin to give it my first test run. Um, oh, yeah, go on. We'll do it together. So we can get we'll that, that on little, camera. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to trying that one out. Looks like a good shoe.
1: Yeah. And, and the other thing is is the Vaporfly 3, which genuinely, I know said it with the Clifton, wasn't allowed to say that much, but this one's mm. probably, there's a little bit more uh, weight behind it. Um, yeah. Can't really say anything about when it's coming out or anything like that or any of the the stats because I quite like my job and I don't want to lose it. Yeah, um, <laughs> but myself and and Ben, we should have access to the Vaporfly Three when we're out in Berlin just to get hands on and and hopefully be able to get our feet in a pair and have a little run in it. Mm. Um, so yeah, that'll be exciting. But it's it's definitely different to the um uh to the Vaporfly Two and uh, and the OG Next Percent and all the others that came before it. Um, yeah, we're gonna have a new a new type of Zoom X um so yeah it's exciting stuff it'll be nice to see a shoe which has basically remained unchanged since the next percent actually get a fairly decent update to it um whether it's you know for the better or not only time will tell
0: certainly will and the own and
1: the other shoe that's sort of been
0: well i think is teased the right word i think maybe
1: oh yeah the 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 sock elite yeah so the endorphin elite i'll be completely honest it seems a little bit disjointed from like you have this issue quite a a lot where it's different in global in different global territories like Mm. the embargo dates when you can talk about a shoe when when it actually gets released are totally different so the when you saw it get released only runners world in the US as a media outlet had access to talk about the shoe reveal any stats or figures or anything like that about it um so if you look at the believe in the run guys uh, over in the States or the run testers actually have got have got some miles in a pair already. They yeah. have to wait until I think it's I think it's this week that they're allowed to put their reviews and stuff live. Um twenty yeah. fifth. So yeah, it's a weird one. But essentially it's it's by all accounts, it's kind of like the Alpha Fly is um yeah. to, to Nike. So it's gonna be similar if not a little bit more stacked than what you've got in the endorphin pro 3 but again different different foam on this one so it's um a super critical piba uh, uh okay power run pb um uh, i think they're calling it power run hg which i've heard the holy grail but it might oh gosh, that's so American. or something else yeah it is isn't it um but yeah that that'll be an exciting too. i'm i'm unreasonably excited for it just because some of the stats like weight wise it's only a hair over 200 grams in a men's sample size and if you're hmm. comparing that to like an alpha fly it's a good 20 30 grams lighter which yeah. is fairly solid difference you're talking almost vapor fly weight for yeah a, a massive, bigger stack maximum shoe. shoe so yeah that's an exciting one
0: i'm excited to give that one a try as well because um parker stinson ran pretty well in it the other day and in which marathon was it was the houston marathon
1: yeah yeah houston
0: and he i think he came third or fourth but um yeah great to see him giving that shoe a good go and look forward to testing that one in the next what what do you reckon a few months hopefully
1: yeah it should be should be a lot sooner than that hopefully but mm. the, the frustrating thing with socking is they've got some of the best running products out there from any brand if you look at the endorphin lineup from the shift to the speed to the pro and now the elite And their jogging shoes, like the Triumph is sensational. Like the Ride 15 is a good mileage shoe. The Tempus is brilliant. They've got so many great shoes, but they haven't got any athletes to authenticate it in the same way as Nike, Adidas, New Balance, Yeah, They they just don't have anybody who's... You've got Parker Stinson coming fourth in Houston Marathon, which is great, but it's not... He ran 2.12 or something. He's not a 2.05 guy. That he's yeah. not podiuming at, at Boston or you know London or Berlin or any of these races. They need to get someone yeah, to sure. just show how good their product is because it's, it's probably, arguably, the best lineup of shoes out there, that endorphin range. Um,
0: mm. Yeah, I'd have to yeah, agree, actually.
1: It's a tough sell, though. 280 quid, I think, endorphin elite is going to be. Which, wow. Yeah, so Alpha Fly plus a yeah. bit more. <laughs> um,
0: shoes are creeping up and up and up.
1: They sure are. Yeah, they sure are. Other news in
0: uh, athletics this week. Peter Bowl, the Australian 800-meter record holder, um, has been banned for a urine sample that tested positive for EPO. Um, This was his A A sample, um, and he took to Instagram. I actually didn't didn't know the athlete, to be honest with you, but, um, yeah, he's the Australian 800-meter record holder, Um, and he took to Instagram to basically uh, say he's innocent um he would never take anything like that and he's not really sure why that sample has come back positive and he's put in a request for his B sample to be tested which is supposedly going to take place in february um so yeah that's that's some news in, on the athletic front this week um i guess innocent till proven guilty but um time will tell with that one
1: yeah it's a tricky one isn't it because you got to think like his management or himself would have been um notified of a of an anti-doping regulation right he'd have been told and then they would have gone yeah. public with it so yeah. yeah i don't know it's always fishy isn't it but like you say we can't sit here on a bloody podcast and say whether he's innocent or not no. without knowing anything about you know the 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 actual process itself and how they test it and what the A sample means compared to the B sample. I'm sure there's people out there listening who are far more clued up on us than um, when it comes to like doping in sport. But yeah, just have to see how that one plays out, I suppose.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I actually did a bit of research into EPO because I didn't, I didn't really know what it, I knew it was a performance enhancing drug, but I was like, I didn't really know what it did. Mm. Um, So for the listeners, it supposedly increases the production of red blood cells in the bone marrow um, which therefore allows oxygen to be carried around the body more readily and can improve your efficiency. So that's why athletes, um, well, hopefully not Peter Boll, but um, yeah, that's why athletes have taken it to to get the performance enhancing benefits of um, increased red red blood cell production. A sounds little bit of um, facts there for you.
1: Doesn't it? it sounds great.
0: Yeah, have a bit of that. Yeah, I
1: wonder where we can get some.
0: Is that no. what Lance Armstrong took when he yeah, yeah, yeah. won so all, all of the Tour de France's?
1: Yeah, like Team Sky and, and all of that lot from mm. way back when was um was EPO. And yeah, it's it's pretty rife, to be honest. It, it's a good documentary if you've not seen it, Icarus on Netflix. Um, mm. I'm sure you've probably heard of it and most people, well, a lot of people have, would have seen it by now. But yeah, it's like, like an amateur, decent level amateur cyclist who wanted to do a race clean and then find a doctor who would source him like... Yeah, yeah, I, I think drugs. I watched it a
0: few years ago. It's a really yeah. good watch.
1: It's worth a watch that if you've not seen it.
0: Definitely is. What else have we had in the running news this week?
1: Um, so we've got Inez Fitzgerald, who kind of made the headlines after um, she did that little interview um, where she spoke about her travel to get to, was it Turin?
0: Yeah, she went to the cross-country champs, the European yeah, cross-country right. champs. Uh, she travelled from Exeter in Devon to Turin, Italy by train um, because of her reluctance to fly.
1: Yeah, and, and this uh, the, the reason she's in the headlines again is because she's declined her place at the World Cross Championships in Australia um, just due to the environmental implications that it would have for travelling for basically over a day. And you're not, you're not getting the train down under, I'm afraid. No. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what do you think, Ben, first of all? What do you think about her decision to do that?
0: Yeah, I think I've got to respect the decision. Obviously, she's a 16-year-old, so she's clearly got her head screwed on if if climate and those issues are things she wants to bring light to and obviously making that decision has brought some good attention to the climate and you know global warming and all that side of things so in terms of of being an activist she's doing a good job there but um yeah it's a tough one really because when you get into the sport of of professional running or professional sport in in any any sort of setting you're going to have to travel for for your job really um if you think about sort of like tennis players go around the world or to do all the different um tennis tournaments the same with like formula one footballers probably the worst in terms of um the amount of travel they have to do up and down the country and across the world so yeah it's a difficult one really because uh, half of me is saying like yeah fair play to the girl for for basically putting her environmental concerns first but the other half of of me is thinking well she is trying to become a professional athlete and ultimately that is going to involve travel over the next sort of 10, 20 years of her career. If she wants to compete at the highest levels, that is going to involve going to Olympic games, yeah. um, you know, global competitions that are not going to happen in, in Devon every week. So um. No. yeah, it might be a little bit tougher for moving forward, but yeah, fair play for her to, for taking a stand.
1: Yeah. Like you say, it's a really tricky one because let's be honest, if you're going to, if your dream as is, I'd assume every runner wants to run in the Olympics. You want to run at the world champs. You want to run at these, you know, big events. If we're, like I say, if we're being really honest, they're not the most ethical events that have ever been known to man. When you look at Mm. the sponsors for a lot of these events and it's fast food chains or whatever, it's, you know, and you look at the countries that they're in and like the, the way that you win a bid for these, it's not the ethics are are all all over the gaff when it comes to these big sporting events. And yeah, I think probably myself and yourself, Ben, both live in a bit of a, uh, like our views on the environment and stuff are probably juxtaposed to the industry that we're in, in the sense that I've got far, far more running shoes than I'm kind of comfortable with having from a, like it feels wasteful. It feels, it feels unnecessary to have so many, but at the same time, I, I absolutely love it. And it's like you say, it's probably similar to what, we're talking about with Inez and and her reluctant reluctance to travel but the absolute necessity to travel if you want to be a world class athlete. Is, yeah. It's where do you draw that line I suppose and um yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not here to to tell her what she should or shouldn't do. I think it's amazing that she's made a stand and she's put it, you know, the the fact that we're talking about her and the fact that you've seen her all over Instagram and stuff because of that reason mm. is is a great thing. Um and I just hope it encourages more people to maybe look into it more and and figure out ways that they can reduce their own impact on the environment. Um, And if she's done that through this, and that means that she doesn't end up being a professional runner, then it's, it's probably a worthy sacrifice or a worthy sacrifice in her eyes. But it's good to hear from her about, you know, how she sees her having a future in the sport without traveling to these far flung countries to do the races that you need to do um, to be a top pro. So yeah, I'd I'll, I'll love to hear that. I'd love to hear a longer interview with her. Should we get her on as a guest?
0: Yeah, definitely. Why okay. not?
1: We'll give it a go. Yeah. What else have cool.
0: we had in the news before we move on to some listeners' questions? Um, Athletics Weekly published an inside story on the start line in chaos. Um, start line chaos in Valencia at the 10K that happened a few weeks ago that we touched on. Um, it's a pretty good read. I read the article. Uh, basically covers um, the UK athletes that went out to race the event um yeah it sounds pretty horrific but um probably leave that story there if you want to go have a little read of that one then i'd probably advise that for the week in terms of reading um no. and the final things to note uh in the running news slash race results uh it's a few little shout outs actually first one is to scott cousins who is one of my local essex rivals um we've raced at a few a few events. Um, over the years usually Scott gets the better of me but recently we did a 10k and I beat him in sprint finish so um, (laughs) but he's clearly in extremely good shape he did the Fred Hughes 10 mile race which is in St Albans Um, it's a pretty low-key event Um, this is an event he did um, exactly a year ago before he got injured so I think it had a bit more sentimental value for him uh, more than anything and he's he said to, he said on Instagram that he's basically been training the whole winter to try and break 50 minutes for the 10 miles, um, and he ran 49:38, smashing the previous course record which he set. Um, and yeah, averaged 4:58 per mile or 3:05 per kilometer for the for the course, which is yeah, some rapid running. I think that's around my 10k race pace. So he's carried that on for 10 for another 6k. So. He's clearly in some good shape, and certainly would have would have got the better of me if I was racing that one. Um, yeah. So yeah, fair play to Scott Cousins there. Go follow him on Instagram as well. Why not?
1: That's a big run. That is. There's. Oh, I, lo- I absolutely love seeing things like this, especially if it's like a redemption story from injury and mm. and all the rest of it. Like a low key race, and you come out and run sub fifty for ten miles. That's yeah, some going. That love it.
0: Yeah, really good running. And also in the YouTube running world. Um, shout out to my fellow content creator, Cole Running. He also had an impressive run at the Canterbury 10 miler. So a weekend of 10 mile races. <laughs> um, and he took the win in 52.15. So yeah, really good um, run from him. I think that's a race he's also won also won the previous year. Um, and I think he was around a minute, if not a little bit quicker than that um, this year. So yeah, really good running, Cole. Um, good to see he's getting back into fitness. I'm really excited to see what he can do this year and uh, i think he's going to focus a little bit more on on the roads having done a lot more track last year so um yeah really good sign running that as a bit more of a training run at this point in the season so yeah fair play Cole.
1: yeah solid running again that i love love the idea of a 10 mile race it's proper good distance to race that isn't it
0: yeah i've only actually done one 10 mile race and that was in the build up to my first marathon and yeah it's quite a good distance um you can sort of just go out at your 10k pace and try and hold on. <laughs> that's how, that's how I approached it, anyway.
1: I bet um, you did, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, I me. think I wonder what my 10k p 10 mile PB is. I think it's in between the two those two results, probably around 51 minutes. Um, at A local Whittam 10 miler last year. So yeah, it's a good distance. Definitely worth giving it a go. It's a little yeah. bit, little bit tricky for us when we run in kilometres, but um, yeah, it's a good event.
1: Yeah, I'll have a little look at some local ten milers coming up. I reckon sounds good. Fun that.
0: Yeah, they're definitely good if you're if you're looking to train for something else. I think sort of like yeah. you can get a good marker of where your fitness is at, especially over that sort of hour distance. Um, you can figure out your threshold pace as well. Yeah. There we go. Right on to some listeners' questions. Do you want to kick us off with uh, with Jeremy from Australia? <laughs> <An accent's laughs> come out again. Can't <laughs> help it. When I see Australia, I'm just I'm off, you know.
1: Jesus Christ. Right. Well, first of all, um, I should just say we got absolutely loads of emails and questions and stuff this week for some reason. And there's some really, really good ones in there. So, yeah, we'll definitely get to all of them at some point. Um, but, yeah, kick, kick and start. Kicking start? Kicking off? That's what I'm trying to say, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that sounds better.
1: Yeah. Uh, with, with Jeremy, he said, easy running. What is more beneficial? one hour of easy running in a single session or two 30 minute sessions. Um, last year, for a number of reasons, I let my training lapse. And after a short lapse of two to four weeks of very little running, what mileage do you think is reasonable to start back at as a percentage of your previous normal mileage? So basically are doubles better than singles mm. and how much of your, like what percentage of your previous mileage should you run after a little break?
0: Yeah. Some great questions there. Um, for me more beneficial is the question. So in terms of like, aerobic benefit, in terms of fitness, I'd probably say an hour of easy running continuous is going to be more beneficial to improve your sort of overall fitness. But I would say for the argument of sort of like two 30 minute sessions is the recovery It's going to have a lot less impact on your body. So yeah, I think we touched on it actually when I was going through my weeks. The reason I do a lot of double running is to sort of split up the mileage a little bit so you don't have to do all of your mileage in one run. Um, and it just allows for recovery time in, in between. You can get some fuel on, you can have a nap, that sort of thing. Um, so it definitely can be more beneficial in terms of uh, the overall volume of in your training week. If you're looking to build mileage, then double running is definitely something I would consider um but yeah in terms of what's more beneficial would you agree with that tom
1: yeah i think so to a point i think like you say an hour of like steady easy aerobic running is is going to probably do you more benefit fitness wise than two 30 minute runs but Mm. it totally depends if you're like you know if you do a session one day and then it's the next day it's a case of two 30 minute runs or an hour i'd probably go for the 30 30 double to be honest Mm. um so I guess it just depends on what, what you're trying to what you're trying to gain. But if it's a case of just trying to build back fitness and build back your resiliency and, and you know, that aerobic base for running, I think the hours probably your, your best bet. Um, in that yeah, regard. sure. Um, and in terms of mileage as a reasonable percentage to start back at.
0: <sighs> After two to four weeks off.
1: Yeah, I I don't think that's that long to be honest. I I don't think 4 weeks without much running is is much to be concerned about. You're going to have lost a little bit of fitness depending on how you ate and slept and general lifestyle during those 4 weeks. You know, will will you know, you've got to factor that into the equation, but I don't think I don't think you need to worry too much or um overcomplicate it. Just start off I would say if you're used to running 100k a week, just as an example, start off at 65, 70k, something like mm. that, but just mainly easy running, maybe an hour session and a slightly longer run. An hour, um, what am I talking about? Like a session and then a, a slightly longer run in the week um, mm. and just keep it simple like that.
0: Yeah, sure. I also think it um, it depends on like what the lapse was caused by. So for example, if it's a two to four week injury or niggle, you probably want to be like build back on the cautious side of things but if it was just a case of you had a load of work um and you couldn't get out for your for your runs um or maybe you were on holiday or that sort of thing then i think you can be a little bit less cautious maybe so yeah, yeah i'd probably say if i had to put a percentage on it i'd go for 50 percent would be my sort of my sort of mark in the sand but i think yeah just play it a little bit by ear and and don't rush things if you're going to especially if you've got a long build ahead of you say towards a marathon or something like that, you you certainly don't want to be rushing to a hundred percent of what you previously were at. If you've had a bit of time off.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Moving on to the second, uh, listeners question. I like this one from Chris. Um, he just says arm sleeve arm sleeves. What's the crack?
1: I like this one to the point, isn't it? Exactly. Well, Chris, um, I like arm sleeves probably for the same reason that you like arm sleeves, Ben. It, It feels like you've got a bit more range of motion than if you're wearing a a long sleeve. If you're wearing them with a singlet, it just feels elite. You just feel better. Um, And I don't know. There's just something about pulling on your arm sleeves. It's like suit of armor, isn't it, for for a runner? If you're pulling on your arm sleeves before a session, you know you're about to get down and dirty a little bit.
0: Exactly that. And they're just comfortable. You know, yeah. they keep they keep your arms warm, probably a lot warmer than a long sleeve would, because obviously they're flapping around. You get the ventilation. So, in terms of running in in the conditions we've got at the moment, for Sunday long runs, arm
1: sleeves are a must at the moment. Yeah, similar but... to shaving your legs, Ben. Just feels exactly,
0: good. feels good. But just in terms of good. like, I think some people feel like arm sleeves give you a performance benefit, um, and there may be some very 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 small um, performance benefits. But um, I think it's mainly just to keep warm and. Uh, it's more of a choice of, of preference of what to wear, basically, over anything else.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, conscious of, of time to a certain degree. So let's make this the last one. I'm going to go with, with Alfie, if that's all right. Okay, here. yeah, no worries. Um, so this is a little bit of a long one. Um, but Alfie says he was diagnosed with stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma uh, in November 2019. He underwent successful chemo. Um, and has been in remission since march 2020 bloody good news that um good stuff uh but due to the high dose of steroids being part of the chemo he gained around 10 kilograms of body fat and started running during the first lockdown to lose weight after the initial weight loss his weight leveled out but he continued to run regularly and over the past three years his 5k time has dropped from 30 minutes down to 20 minutes uh but has struggled to get his park run time under 20 minutes stagnating Uh, between about 20 minutes and 10 seconds and 2030. Solid progression, by the way, first of all. Yeah, really Um, He then goes on to say, after the London Marathon, I decided to try and lose a bit more weight and I dropped 5kg with a calorie deficit diet. I've been astounded that with little change to my training and fitness levels, that my 5 k time as a result of this weight loss has come down to 19.13, which can only be down to the weight loss. My question for you guys is, with weight clearly playing a huge impact in speed around 10 seconds per kg on a 5k in my case do you have to keep an eye on your weight during training or do you have an optimum weight for races i wanted to read the whole thing because i think the context in Alfie's question is is important um yeah so yeah thanks for sending that in um and thank you for sharing a bit of your your story with us as well yeah really cool yeah, I think um,
0: it's a really good topic to to touch on. Um, for me, my sort of running has never really been about uh, weight loss. Um, so it's a little bit difficult to apply my experience to what Alfie's experienced there. But um, yeah, he's, he's clearly seen his 5K decrease as his, as he's dropped weight, which is great if that's what he was looking looking to do. Um, but for me, in terms of optimum race weight, it isn't something I really pay much attention to. Um, I think maybe in the sort of like six to eight week build up to a big race, I'll try and clean up my diet a little bit um, mm. in terms of just like cutting out bad snacking habits and replacing them with more fruit. Um, but it's mainly just to, to feel healthier rather than to have any impact on my weight. Um, I don't know about you, you Tom, are you sort of in the same sort of camp?
1: Yeah, Yes and no. I think, the only difference with me really is I think I've, I've definitely um, like struggled with, with food and just like ad- addictive tendencies in, in general. Mm. Um, so when it comes to things like alcohol or, or, you know, smoking when I was younger and all that kind of stuff, I tend to get very, very uh, obsessed and into things very, very quickly. Um, probably how, you know, I've ended up making running my entire life after a, a few <laughs> years. Um, but to to link it back to to food like i've definitely been through periods of fairly excessive like binge eating um and where weight will fluctuate quite dramatically and i know i don't want to name names in case they don't want it mentioned on the podcast but i know at least two or three people that i've spoken to um fairly prominent in the kind of running community who've dealt with very similar situations um so it is it's a very uh sensitive topic right like eating mm. disorders and and that kind of thing are so prominent in running as a sport because like Alfie said gen- generally speaking the lighter you are as long as you're maintaining strength like running strength the quicker you're going to be um it's just it's just the way it is right so yeah it's <laughs> i would say it's important to to keep an eye on it because if you do fluctuate massively your paces and your times for races are going to fluctuate massively but Mm. i think you've got to tread the line really carefully between being obsessive with oh at the moment i'm 63 kgs and that means i'm at optimal race weight and if i weigh 64 kgs or 63 and a half i'm going to run x amount slower and then bad race don't don't stress out too much about those those finer details because i don't know if you're anything like me you'll get yourself in trouble if you start being too obsessive like i don't know what weight you're at exactly at the moment um but if you're running 19 13 for for 5k at the current weight you're at don't try and drop another two three kgs and expect to just instantly run 17 minutes because the weight that you're at at the moment might be your your sweet spot um so yeah it's it's an important topic it's a tricky one but just yeah try, try not to obsess over weight too much i think
0: yeah, I definitely agree with what you said there. Um, only thing to add really is, for me, if I do weigh myself before a race and I am a little bit lighter, that all that doesn't mean for me that my performance is going to be necessarily any better than if I'm a little bit heavier. Yeah, um, it can be just a case of you are, you're under fueled in terms of, for example, if at the start of the week you were 65 kg and then at the, when you go for your at your race you're 64 kg that may just be a case you're a bit underfueled and um yeah so I think one thing to note there is I know weight definitely does have an impact on on running performance but it's it's certainly not like a linear sort of the, the sort of not a like a definite relationship between the two especially when mm-hmm. you start talking around uh, around like being at an optimum weight um I think there are definitely other th- factors that are going to Impact your performance more than your weight. So, for example, your fitness, whether you've tapered, um, whether you've fueled, um, all those things I would probably, for me personally, would give more weight towards, if you pardon the pun, um, in terms of getting ready to race, if that makes yeah.
1: sense. Yeah, I'll, I'll look to Jake Smith as well as, a, as an example of this, where um, hmm. I think there was a, I think it was on Matt Reese's channel, actually, Welsh Runner, where he, he filmed him doing a session. Um, yeah. And it was after he'd got back from Uganda and Jake's been quite open with his uh, struggles with, with eating disorder and weight and that kind of thing in the past. But I think when he was out in Uganda, he really struggled to just get enough calories in because the food was so different to what he was used to and, you know, all the different lifestyle changes and stuff. So he got pretty weak from, yeah. from training out there and came back severely depleted and got injured and wasn't able to race and, and stuff as a result. Um, so I think yeah there's there's so many resources out there and people like Jake who you can who you can look to for um just experience people who have done it and got to a low weight but then had it, it been a detriment to their performance rather than rather than a positive um mm. but I don't know for context sake Ben how much how how tall are you and how much do you weigh at the moment just out of interest
0: yeah so I'm five nine and a half and I weigh sixty two kilos
1: yeah cool so I'm um, what Shorter than you, five, five, eight, something like that. Yeah. Um, and I'm, yeah, about the same weight, so 60, 62, 63. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at my absolute worst when I, I got COVID, hadn't run for six weeks, I put on almost, well, it was a huge amount of weight. I think I nearly got up to 70 kilos, which, wow. yeah, is, is wild. Um, it's quite a
0: big increase. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, uh, I hope we've done that question justice. I know it's a sensitive topic. Um, But yeah, let us know how you get on in the future, Alfie. Let's see how your, um, your 5k time comes down.
0: Yeah. Hopefully you can get under that 19 minute mark. He's currently at 1913. So yeah, he's only got 14 seconds to take off. Easy. So best of luck with your running journey, Alfie. Um, Yeah. Great to hear you are on the road to recovery after the illness back in November 19. Um, Yeah. And, that pretty much summarizes our listeners questions for this week. So yeah, thanks for everyone who sent those in Um, like Tom touched on. There's absolutely loads this week. So I think we've only done about three or four of about 2030 there. But if you'd like to submit um, your questions, you can do so via the run it three ways podcast at gmail.com or drop us a DM on the Instagram account, um, run it three ways podcast over on there. Um, And finally, what have we got to look forward to next week, Tom?
1: Oh, Ben, we've got lots to look forward to. So like we say, we're recording this on a Monday. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, evening, I'm off to um, off to London, going to stay overnight for our early morning flight out to Berlin on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, so we'll talk you through how the trip to to Berlin goes with Nike um, next week. We'll also have Callum back on the pod. It's been a little bit quiet without him this week, but I think we did an all right job.
1: We've still somehow managed to talk for ninety minutes, just us two. So exactly, that's impressive. I'm not really stuff. sure how that's happened. Yeah, but it's yeah, we'll concerning, take it. Really, isn't it? Probably a bit concerning that we're able to talk about running for it is for that long.
0: Maybe that's just the sweet spot. If anyone's still listening, then uh, they're obviously in the same boat.
1: Yeah. Cheers, guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's pretty much it for this week. Thanks for listening to episode six. Can't believe you've done six episodes. And yeah, like we said in the intro, third best running podcasts in the UK according to some random website I plucked out of uh thin air this week but um yeah that pretty much is it for this week thanks for watching thanks for joining me Tom and we'll see you next Sunday
1: absolute pleasure see you all next time lovely stuff bye bye bye-bye, bye-bye.